Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. Uh, my name is Cody Sykes. I'm the campus pastor of the Renew Life Church Midland campus. And just super honored just to give it to be here. Um, very thankful and very blessed that my campus gets to have the gift of Keith there this morning. Uh, how many of you love Keith? Keith is the, uh, Keith is that, that fruit of the spirit that's not mentioned, the fruit of the spirit of fun. That is Keith, wrapped up in, in one word. He is, he's tons of fun. I got to spend a, uh, the last five days with Keith in Redding, in Redding, California. We went to a conference, and, and uh, I just had a blast with him. So you're in good hands, just FYI. You're in great hands. You have an incredible pastoral team here, and I'm just very, very thankful that I just kind of get to be an extension uh, from afar. Uh, church, can we welcome the first-time guests? If you're a first-time guest, welcome to Rooney Life Church. Yeah, so glad that you're here. Um, if you came and, and you were expecting uh, someone other than me, take it up with the Lord. I'm sorry. Uh, you know it's going to be a good day when, when you're dressed just like the senior pastor's wife? But the thing that she doesn't have is this beard. So I, I actually end the exclamation. The beard is the exclamation point on the outfit. Just kidding. How many like to have fun in church? Anybody just need to shake out the jitters real quick? No? Everybody's good? I want to pray uh, before we get too far. I want to pray for a couple things. Uh, we have, if you were here last week, we talked specifically um, I talked in, in Midland. I was actually going to be here last week. Keith was going to be in Midland last week. We felt it was very insensitive and be very wrong for us to not uh, preach what we preached last week. And so Preet, Keith, uh, Keith preached a message last week, and I preached one in Midland last week pertaining to what's happening in Afghanistan. So I felt like it was right for us to even pray today. Uh, we just want to keep covering uh, our, our, our sisters and our brothers in Christ in prayer. And so, Father, I thank you for today. I thank you that your mercies are new every single day, and we pray and we extend mercy and we extend grace and we send the word. Your word says that Jesus sent the word and he healed them, so we send the word to Afghanistan and across the world to persecuted believers, and we just thank you for hedges of protection that are far beyond imagination, that what the enemy meant for harm, God, you turned for good, and I pray, we pray in, in agreement for the persecutor. We pray for the enemy. We pray for those that are, that are literally carrying out terrible acts, and I thank you that they're blinded by your goodness, God. They have no choice but to forsake their way and go towards you, Jesus, and so I thank you we call them into the kingdom. They're prodigals, and we call them home. I can't just pro call prodigals home on my, my own country's soil. I call the prodigals home in Afghanistan, in places where they don't know you, God. We call them home, and we say, be home, come to the house of God, and serve the Lord forever and ever and ever. It's better for your sake that you do it sooner or later, so come home in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for this word. I think of this church and this body, and I pray that the word that comes forth, God, that it actually goes and it's, it's, as it's sent, it performs the thing that you desire for it to perform in our lives, God. I think that not one word from your scripture returns to you void, void before it actually produces everything that it was designed to produce. And I just ask for your power, I ask for your presence, I ask for your help, we receive your help. We receive your help in, in, in hearing. We receive your help in seeing. We receive your help in growing in all that you said we could grow in. And all that agreed said amen. 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 Already having church. 
I uh, just wanted to share a quick testimony. I, I just love what God does uh, as we were even singing the song and, and just declaring he's too good to not believe in the miracles that we've seen. Uh, we went for a conference, and it was really nice to just go and just feel like you're getting full. You don't have anything to do afterwards. You just get to sit there, and you just get to soak it up, and then that's it. But that's really not the way of the Christian. I don't know if you knew that. You never have these opportunities or forever to actually unplug because there's always someone around that needs something. And so we ought to be aware of those people. And so the last night we were there, uh, we, were, we were, went back to our hotel room. We were hanging out out in this courtyard and around a fire pit that uh, we couldn't get to light, which was a bummer. But uh, as we're visiting, we're just talking about praying in tongues. We're talking about our relationship with the Holy Spirit. We met a couple of guys from Minnesota. They were both named Matt, and it was really interesting. We're praying with them, and we're talking with them, and it was just, it was just, it was just fun. And all of a sudden, this homeless guy walks up, and, uh, and, and he was mumbling. You couldn't hardly understand him. He had tattoos on his face, and he was just extremely intoxicated. And he gave that typical answer of anyone that gets asked, how many beers have you had? And he's like, oh, just a couple. They say that if you ever get pulled over, this is, this is help from a pastor, Never say that you had a couple because it's an automatic giveaway that you've had more than a couple. Just be honest. Tell them you had three or 10. If you're having 10, don't drive. If you're having three, don't drive. But he gives us the answer too. And, uh, and we knew it was, not, it was not true. He had way more than two. And so we just, we start visiting and we can't hear him because his jaw was broken. He just got out of the, out of the hospital. Uh, he had something going on with his pancreas. Um, and he was telling us that uh, he was doing better because he was drinking uh, beer that was only like 2.8% alcohol, and he normally drinks a gallon of vodka a day. He was 29 years old. His name was Adam Eastman, and we fell in love with Adam. I mean, almost instantly. We start visiting with him. I, I start sitting. I get really close to him, sit in the chair next to him, and he had a few tattoos, and one of the tattoos that, all of his tattoos were symbolic. He had train tracks on one side, and and the, the one was above and one was below, and he had a sun and a moon, and, and he had an open circle right between his eyes, and we used to start asking questions about these tattoos, and he said, you know, I was, uh, I was put in foster care at the age of four, and the guy, the guy, a guy that I met, he was six, and he was ran over by a train a few years ago, and these tattoos, they, they keep me uh, from, from forgetting who he is. They're carrying on his memory, and there was something... And, and I don't know if you've ever been in one of these situations, but there was something about the tattoo that was an open circle that the Lord was just not on. I don't know another way to explain it. And so Keith, he just kind of sniffs it out, and he's like, what if the Lord came and he closed that circle for you? Would you let him? And he says, he says no way, Jose. Not, not a chance. And so Keith, just picking up on something that the Lord was saying, was like, he just wouldn't come off of it. And so uh, we end up praying for this guy, and he starts confessing a lot of things and falling out of agreement with some things that he's been carrying. And, and he got all the way up to one point, and he, and he just went dead silent. Eyes closed, mouth shut, not just mouth shut, mouth locked closed. And I instantly knew that there was like a deaf and dumb spirit. I don't know if you've ever heard of one of those that was guarding this guy. It was literally taking his tongue and... and, and and not letting him speak any further. And so we start praying against this. And this is the authority of a believer, FYI. When you come against things, you have an ability to speak to the thing, and the thing has to listen if you're praying and speaking in the name of Jesus. Don't do it in your name, because that ain't good. 
I know four truths that somebody taught me once. In me, I know nothing, can do nothing, have nothing, and am nothing. But in Christ, I am everything and can do all those things. So we just start praying, and we just start contending for this guy, and, and slowly but surely, this spirit starts breaking off of him. So we go back into confessing, and, and he confesses a little more and a little more, and then it comes back, and it tries to grip him again, and we start praying and confessing over him. We're contending for this guy, and he finally gets completely free. And the moral of the story is we loved him into this place of inviting the presence of God and asking the Holy Spirit to fill him, that he walked off from us, his jaw that was broken, he was talking more clearly, and he was probably 75% sober. And uh, it was just a radical encounter with with God and, and with this guy. And so I just want to tell you, like, don't be in such a hurry that you blow past you blow past people that you seem to think are too far gone. And so I just believe that there's power in testimony, and I just release that. If you if you if you find someone, just ask the Lord to help you. Um, and I just believe that God is interested in taking us to places and taking people alongside us to places that, that we're supposed to go as a family. So I just wanted to release it. I thought it was amazing. I thought it was super cool. God is amazing. And uh, it was a lot of fun. But that is not what I want to talk specifically about today. Today I want to talk to you about hearing God. Uh, this is a, a, a topic that a lot of times we, we don't know. We want to hear from God. We just don't know if we do hear from God. I think one of the challenges within hearing from God, because I believe that every born-again believer in Christ has the ability to hear from God. Uh, your spirit was made new, and so the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you the moment that you make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. So you have the ability to hear God, and, and ability is not the issue. The issue is your belief that you actually heard God. It's always a believing problem. We're always being talked out of, do I believe, fill in the blank. Do I believe that God is a provider? Do I believe that God is a healer? Do I believe that I hear the voice of God? Every born-again child of God has this ability. We can be hearing God all day long, but if, I don't, if we don't believe that we hear, we hear God, we'll never actually follow the voice that we're hearing. You ever, you ever been in this situation where you feel like God said something, and then you, you take it into this mental place of, I don't know if that was me or if that was God? Anybody ever been there before? This is what I'm talking about. We, we instantly start questioning, did I, did I hear God or did I hear me? And so today, this is what I, I just want to unpack. And, and so 1 Corinthians chapter 2 is the first place we're going to go today. We're going to start in verse 9. This is an incredible scripture. I love this. It says this, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of a man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God, always pay attention so when you see a capital B, a but God, because that means that God is about to say something that you ought to be paying attention to. It says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. What has he revealed to us through his spirit? The things that he has prepared beforehand for us that we should walk in them. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except for the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, this is talking to us, but the Spirit who is from God, that we, you and I, might know the things that have been freely given to you and I, to us, by God. That's what the Holy Spirit does. 
Those, these things we also speak, not in words which men's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So all this scripture is saying is that you have been set up to know the things, the deep things of God, the deep things that are on the heart of God. You have been set up in relationship with the Holy Spirit to know the things and know the thoughts of God. I love that. I don't know if you love that, but I love that. I'm so happy about this because sometimes it feels like, you ever feel like you've been on an island in your relationship with God, like you're the only one that exists? It's like you and Wilson. It's like me and and Wilson. He ain't saying much, but it's just me and Wilson. This actually sets us up to live in a different way. And so the key, the first key that I want to share with you today that I believe will help you grow in your ability to hear but also believe God is this. I believe that you have to receive and grow in your relationship with the Holy Spirit. This is the first place. Obviously, the very, very first place is having a relationship with Jesus, starting a relationship with Jesus. But after that, receive and grow in your relationship with the Holy Spirit. So I want to start by this. I believe that there has never been a more important time in our, in our history, in our lifetimes, than right now to have an active, thriving, fully functioning relationship with the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you know this, but there's a lot of deception in the world. And everywhere that I look and everywhere that I see, there is, there is, there is a couple of different places that my belief can land. There is a couple of different places that my emotions can follow. I can follow what I'm hearing in the news, and I can follow what I'm hearing and seeing on social media, or I can always fall into submission to the truth of the Spirit of God. He is the Spirit of truth. And so I believe that now is the best time, and there's never been a more important time than have a fully functioning relationship with the Spirit of God. And by fully functioning, I mean this, not having him just live on the inside of you, but having him live upon you. There's something that's different that happens in those two moments. We, we've been taught here that, and I love the way that this has been said, but the Holy Spirit is in me for my sake, but he comes upon me for yours. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it says that we would receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon us. So there's something different that happens in this moment, and I believe this. I believe that every born-again believer, child of God, I, I believe that every one of us should ask the Holy Spirit to baptize us in his power. And I believe that every single believer should ask that he would then confirm his baptism with the evidence of speaking in tongues. It is not, and I'm not saying this, I'm not saying that it is without this, you won't make it to heaven. I'm saying that I don't know why you wouldn't want this if it is an advantage to you in knowing the voice of God. No one, no one from five to 105, receives birthday gifts and sets them in a room and never opens them. No one. But there are things about the kingdom of God and there are things about the nature of God. There are things about his word. There are things about what he's given us that we often do that with. He offers us this giant buffet and we only take the things that taste good to us or that we could actually understand. And the rest of them, we set them aside and we say no to. But he's saying 
The moment that you decide to open that door and the moment that you decide to take that bow off and the moment that you decide to pull all the paper and the tape off, you actually still have access to the gift that I gave you. So I don't know why you wouldn't want it, but some of us don't, and that's, that's fine, and that's what I'm trying to unpack to you. I believe that every, every believer needs this, especially if we're going to live lives that go after God. I believe that praying and speaking in tongues, in my opinion, it is, it is most definitely part of having a fully functioning relationship with the Spirit of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2, I want to just talk through a few benefits in Scripture uh, for those who pray in tongues. It says this in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2. It says, for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but he speaks to God. For no one understands him. However, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. Praying in tongues allows me to have direct conversation and direct communion with God. Now, I get the confusion and I get the things, and, 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 and I, I'm, I'm saying this, that there has to be order within the gifts, right? That's, that's not what we're arguing. It would, it would benefit, Scripture says it would benefit you nothing if I stood up here and, and just prayed in tongues. It would do you nothing. That's why I'm not doing that, because that's not biblical, unless there was someone in the room that could interpret what I was saying. That's why I'm not doing that. But that doesn't mean that when I get in my truck or before I come up on stage that I'm not praying within myself, as we're going to read in a minute, the Spirit gives me utterance. Because I'm praying that the Spirit of God would fill me up so much that once I start ministering, you get the benefit. Because you don't want an empty Cody, because the empty Cody won't do anything for you or for me. But we have this opportunity to pray in such a way that I get to communicate with the heart of God. I love this. I need this. You ever been in a situation, we're going to talk about it in just a moment, where you feel like you've prayed everything that you know how to pray? You've come to the end of yourself. You ever come to the end of yourself? Some of us are still waiting to come to the end of ourselves. It took me a while. Romans chapter 8, it says this, and the Holy Spirit helps in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. When I pray in tongues, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, is actually interceding with me. This is just an advantage. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, it says this, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. The rest of that is he who prophesies edifies the church. And, and, and we have, and he even says, I, I wish that you all prayed in tongues as much as I do, but I wish even more that you all prophesied because prophecy, it edifies you. But there's something about uh, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. That edification, it speaks of building up the inward structure of a person. When I'm praying in tongues, I'm actually tapping into something that God has given me. I'm communicating with the Father in a, in a way that, yes, I don't understand, but it also says in 1 Corinthians 14 that I could also ask for the interpretation. And so there are times that I pray things out in the Spirit that I don't know, and then he reveals them to me, and I pray them out in English for you. But that happens way before I get up here. You ever felt like you walked into a battle and you didn't have all your tools? You ever felt like you walked into a situation and something came out of nowhere and you didn't know what to do with it? I've been in that situation a ton of times, especially as it pertains to 
being a born-again child of God, a follower of Jesus that's actively trying to help people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. And when I fall into these situations where I don't know what else to pray, this is where I go. Lord, I need your help. Holy Spirit, I need your help. And the Holy Spirit, he helps me. So within talking about hearing God, I believe that having a growing relationship with the Holy Spirit, uh, it actually, it really, really helps you learn one, the voice of God, but then also to, to know that you heard the voice of God. And I'm going to give you an example of how this all works. Uh, have you ever heard of a treasure hunt? We're fixing to go way, way, way wacky, okay? Y'all okay? Everybody good? I'm not, we're not going wacky. I'm just going to share something about hearing the voice of God and what it does when you know that you heard the voice of God. And so back when I, uh, a few years back when I was a youth pastor, I had a small group of high school students one night that came and and there was about nine students that came this one night, and so uh, we were just visiting. It was really a night that we weren't planning on doing anything spiritual. We were just hanging out. We're hanging out. We had tacos. And how many know when you have tacos, the Lord shows up instantly? <laughs> so we had tacos. We opened the first taco, and it was like, as soon as we opened the first taco, the Lord hit. And uh, he's like, yes, I am here. I smelt tacos from, from heaven, and so I came. <laughs> I came fast. So there's two ways to get God to answer your prayer. Pray or open a taco. Totally kidding. Uh, so we start praying. We start, we're, we're eating, we're hanging out, and I'm like, hey, what if we went on a treasure hunt? I've been talking to the students about hearing the voice of God. I've been talking to them about praying in tongues, and I've been talking to them about all of the things that I, built, I believe that God had given us. And so we, we, I explained to them what a treasure hunt is. And so here's what we're going to do. We're, gonna, we're all going to pray. We're going to ask God to give us clues, the Holy Spirit to give us clues about a person that we don't know yet, and we're going to go see if we can find them out in the city. And like you, probably in the moment, you're like, yeah, right. And so I've got these students that are anywhere from, you know, sophomores to seniors. And so we start praying. And I said, anything that you hear, I'm going to write it down. No matter what you hear. Don't, don't think it's too dumb. Don't think it means nothing. Don't think it's just you. If you feel something, hear something, see something, a picture, anything, just tell me what it is. So they start, the students, not me. They start rattling things off. I hear this name, Delia. One of these students is actually serving in our preschool class right now. She's an adult. She's in college. And she's like, I hear this word, Delia. And another one's like, uh, I, I, I heard the name, uh, the word Orlando. And I heard, I, I feel like I saw that this person was homeless. And I saw them on a bicycle. And, and I feel like I heard the name Jesse. And I felt like I saw the, the color red. And so we write all these things. And I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go find this person. So we get in the car, and, and I'm like, the Orlando thing. What is the Orlando thing? And then someone's like, oh, it's Florida Street. Florida Street is, is a main street in Midland that's kind of almost right behind our office. So we hop on Florida Street. We drive all the way to the interstate, which is about five miles. And we don't see a single person that matches the description. And the students in their backseat, and they're like, oh, we missed it. This is not good. So we turn around. We're driving back to the office, and there is a forgive me, there is a super, super sketchy dive bar on the side of the road. And this lady gets out of a car in a shorter than it should have been red miniskirt. And the students are like, there's the person, there's the person. I'm like, Lord, please don't let it be this person. Please don't <laughs> let it be this person. I'm like, there's no way that I could take some students on a treasure hunt and end up in jail. This is not going to be good. <laughs> and so I'm like, listen, I, I love your heart. I love your faith. We're going to keep driving. And uh, so we get all the way almost back to where we have to turn off to go to the office. And out of the corner of my eye, I see 
a guy on a, back, on, on a bicycle with a red backpack. So we turn around, we do a U-turn, and we find this guy, and, and we're like, hey, this is what we're doing. This is who we are. This is probably going to be really weird. But there are a couple questions that we'd love to ask you. Would, would you give us a second? Every single thing that the students heard, by the power of the Holy Spirit, not by the power of me, were for this guy. The name Delia was a friend of his, a friend of his whose mom was critically ill. We prayed for healing for her. Uh, the name Jesse was a friend of his that just got out of prison that had been missing for two weeks. We prayed for him. Uh, he was homeless, didn't have any food. We gave him the extra tacos. Um, every, and what, what, that was all beautiful, but I wish you could have seen the faces of my students when they realized I heard the voice of God and it wasn't just me, it was actually the voice of God, things instantly started changing on the inside of them. And so this is the benefit, one benefit, I'm just sharing one story of a benefit of what it's like to be able to pray in the Spirit. So I'm gonna speed up because I'm running out of a little bit of time. So the second key is this, create an appetite for God. We have to create an appetite for God. It's extremely hard to believe that you heard a voice of someone that you don't know. You have to create an appetite uh, for God first by falling in love with what he has said. You won't believe what he is saying if you don't know what he has said in scripture. And so when I know what he has said about me, and I start believing the things that he has said about me, and when I start knowing the things that he has said about you, I start gaining understanding of what his character, what his nature, and what his heart is for me and the people around me. And so as soon as I take that and knowing what he has said and I take it into this place of intimacy with God, that is my alone time with God. That's when I get to know the character and the heart of God. When I met my wife and we started growing in intimacy, I started knowing what her affections were for me. Intimacy is not sex if you're not married yet. You'll learn that the hard way if you don't learn it now. It, it, it has so much more than to, to do with the physical side of things. When I started knowing her affections towards me, and she started knowing my affections towards her, I started also knowing what her heart was. This is what God invites us to when he says, when you pray, go into your room, pray to the Father who is in the secret. The Father who is in the secret will reward you openly. So I get to grow in an appetite with God by, one, falling in love with what he has said, but then also taking that and letting it be applied to my time with God and what he is saying right now. The scripture in these moments of intimacy, they are our compass, they are our guide. Everything gets to run through these two things. If they don't sound like God and they don't match what he has said before, they don't sound anything like he, what he has said, then you should probably go another direction. So the first is we have to grow in a relationship with the Holy Spirit. The second is we have to grow in this appetite for God. The third one is this. Submit to a leader that knows and hears the voice of God. If you want to believe that you're hearing God, let everything that you think you're hearing be submitted to a leader around you. And I'm not talking about someone that uh, is on your level. Bless them. I'm talking about someone that is way above you, someone that has something in their relationship that you don't have. I am attracted to leaders that say things like this. I heard the Lord say, or I felt the Lord say, and so I did even when they get it wrong. I think that sometimes we have put so much stress and so much of a spotlight on, yeah, but did you get it right? You're not always going to get it right. 
I don't know if you know that or not. You'll never miss it if you never go for it, though, which is also the same as not having any faith or any trust. So you can fall on either side of the line that you want to follow on. But I love leaders that will say things like, I felt or I saw or I heard, and so I did. Because that lets me know that at least they're trying to hear God, and I could actually take what I'm hearing or think I'm hearing and process it with them, and they'll either confirm or tell me to hold off. And I have a scripture that, produce, that produces some evidence of this. First, uh, First Samuel chapter 3, starting in verse 1. This is one of my all-time favorite stories in all of scripture. I love this. It says, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in that day. I want you to pay attention to that. We're talking about hearing and believing that we heard God. And this is about when the word of the Lord, the spoken word of the Lord was rare. You ever been in a place where you felt like it was rare? Like, it's been a long time, Lord. It's rare. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. And there was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time while Eli was laying down in his place and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel. And he answered, here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. And he said, I did not call you, lie down again. And he went and lay down. Then the Lord called yet again to Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. He answered, I did not call, my son, lie down again. It says this in verse 7, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord revealed to him yet. So he hadn't heard the voice of God yet. Verse 8, and the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he rose and he went to Eli and he said, here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli, the leader in the situation, perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down again and it shall be. If he calls you, you that you must say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel, uh, so Samuel went, went down and he laid down again in his place. Now the Lord came and stood and called as the other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. And that day I will perform against Eli all that I have spoken forever, I mean concerning his house, from beginning to the end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity uh, which he knows because his sons made themselves vile and he did not restrain them. And therefore I have sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. So Samuel laid down until the morning and opened the doors to the house of the Lord and Samuel was afraid to tell Eli the vision. I would have been too. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, he answered, here I am. Okay, what am I saying? I'm saying that Samuel was so submitted to the man that was leading him that when God called him, he ran to the man. You can... Take this a lot of different ways. I get so much of my parenting from this scripture right here. Three times, the first time it says that he runs to the voice that he knew. When I submit to a leader that knows the voice of God, 
I am also submitting to the voice of God. It is a dimension or layer of knowing God if I know a leader that knows God. And if I can make myself submit to them even when I, I'm not sure, if they have the wisdom like Eli did, eventually they're going to point you to the Father. The question is, can you wait and can you trust them? The way that I parent my kids through the scripture is this. In our home, if I call any one of my kids' names, and I have four of them, if I call their name, they don't have the luxury of answering what from their room. I don't know if yours do. We don't do this. We're not excellent. We're not perfect, but we strive for this. I want them to come to where they heard the father's voice because I'm teaching my kids if they'll respond to a, God, a man that they can see, they'll respond to a God that they can't. But if you and I think that we're going to not respect or not submit to a person that we can see, don't expect that you're going to submit to a God that you can't. I know that's a little stout, and I don't know if you've ever been hurt by a leader. We're not perfect, nor should we held, be held in a place that is perfect. Trust again. Believe again. I just believe that if you can find yourself in a place where there's a leader that can tell you, no, 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 go lay down again. Go back to doing what you were doing three times over and over and over. Sometimes if we feel God said something and we submit it to a leader and they have anything other than what we're expecting, we, we leave them and we go find somebody that will finally agree with what we're supposed to do. There is enough people on the earth, I promise you're going to find someone that's going to agree with your dysfunction. I found somebody that agreed with mine for a long time. Sometimes it's just me. I will agree with my dysfunction real fast. That's why I need leaders that I can submit to that I know are following God because eventually as I fall into this place of letting them say some things to me and, and, and I can actually follow in their footsteps, they will point me to the Father. This is... This is training. And the question is, will we just allow ourselves to be teachable? Talking about hearing the voice of God, I believe this is crucial. Finding a leader that you could submit to. The longer that you can submit, the closer you get to believing and confirming that you're hearing God. I truly believe that. I've seen this produced in my life time and time and time again. My last key is this. It's very simple. Just go for it. Just take the gloves off, take the pressure off, and literally just go for it. I had the opportunity for the first time ever to go fly fishing about a month ago in Colorado. And I found that the Lord is also in the waters of a river. Uh, it was amazing. And so instantly, I, I always, I, I'm a bow hunter as well. And so I love being outside. I love being with the Lord outside. And, and it is, it has never failed that any time that I'm out, out, it, whether it be hunting or anything like that, that I have an encounter with God. I love it. I think that's why I love to do it the most because I always have a, a moment with God. And so I'm, I'm fly fishing the first time and the way that they explained to me uh, of what to do, they said, okay, you're gonna, you're gonna cast your fly into the current. You're gonna let the current take your fly down the stream in a natural pace, at a natural pace. And anytime that you think that you get a bite, set the hook. And they're like, but, but here's the thing. 
your, your, your fly is actually gonna get caught on rocks and it's gonna feel just like you got a bite. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, well, wait, which one is it? Like, it doesn't matter. If you think you got a bite, set the hook. I don't know how many times I set the hook that day. A lot. And I caught one fish, which was cool. But the Lord started talking to me. He's like, this is what it's like following the voice of God. If I think I heard God and I've got a relationship with the Holy Spirit and I'm developing an appetite for God by reading his word and I'm, I'm finding my place in intimate moments with God and I have leaders in my life that are pointing me towards God and I think I heard him, I ought to just set the hook. I ought to act on what I thought I heard. Well, what happens if you're wrong? Just put your bait back out in the river again. Put your faith back in the waters again. Put your trust back in the Lord again. Well, but could you imagine how many people would quit fishing if the first time they set the hook and it wasn't a fish, that was their answer to quit? But how many people fall out of love with God because they thought they heard him, they went after it, and it didn't produce something? God must not be good, or I must be flawed in my ability to hear. All of the times that I set the hook, I caught one fish. One time I caught a stick. You know what I did with the stick? I threw it back in the water. When you get a word that's bad or you think you heard God and you go for something, I once moved my family four and a half hours to Weatherford from Midland because I thought God said to. And it was the worst year of my whole life. You know what I did when I realized that I missed it? I just went back to what I knew and found God again. You know what Peter did? After the Lord is crucified and he finds himself in the upper room freaked out, he went back fishing again. The first place that he was when the Lord found him. And guess what happened the second time that he went fishing? When he, knew, when he went back to doing what he knew how to do. The Lord shows up on the banks. If you miss it, just throw that word away. Learn from it. Put your faith back out there that God wants to speak to you again. He calls himself the word. He wants to say something to you. And there's never been a time in our whole lives where we needed to know the voice of God and know that we heard the voice of God than ever before. So I'm just encouraging you in this. If you've missed it, so have we. Let's try again. It's that easy. His mercy is new every single day. For those that got it right, and those that got it wrong. I just believe that God has so much for us to say and so much for us to do. And I just want to impart to you, you have an ability to hear, and you're probably hearing God more times than you're acting on what you think you heard. And so I just want to, I just want to literally pray, I just want to encourage you today that that you would, start, you would start living from a place of risk. And these could be small risks. Obviously, be wise, right? The Lord's never gonna tell you certain things. He's never gonna tell you to have two families if you're married. That's, that's ignorant. It just is what it is. Yet there are believers that have been so deceived 
that they found a way to make a God that they can't see say anything that they want him to say. When you put all these things into place, they will help you navigate staying in the place of knowing God, hearing God, and believing that you heard him. Thanks again for listening today. If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out renewlifechurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.